Welcome to the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, the interview series. I'm Gary Lawless, and today's guest is Cody Egan. Cody, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. I have known you since uh, you were about 14 years old, and I was covering an AHL All-Star game. And it was in Winnipeg, and they had uh, a fun idea mm-hmm. to invite some minor hockey players to take part. You didn't just take part, though. You decided you wanted to win all the events. Almost. That Almost. Was, that was a great idea, though. It was, was a, great a great idea. idea. Yeah. 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 That was uh, that was a pretty pretty special uh, opportunity at that that young of an age, when the glass was all down. You were a full building, and you were hanging out with. Uh, you know, some of the best American League guys that uh, there is, so it was a lot of fun. It was really neat, and uh, so you did really well in the fastest skater, but it was the accur- accuracy. You 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 were four of five, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and finished second in the in that competition. Well, I, f- I actually finished first. You did? I did, yeah. But I, I think the winner got four for six, but they didn't give it to us since we were younger. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So and it was, me, yeah. I'll always remember this because I'm up in the press box and I'm writing away and I'm, I interviewed you later and I'm, I'm just writing about him, nothing else. Like this little redheaded kid comes out on the ice and like turns a whole event. Like these are professionals, grizzled guys that have been playing pro hockey for anywhere, like first round draft picks and, you know, all these guys. And I get a phone call on my cell phone. It was the sports editor of the free press at the time. Uh, you're uh, you're writing about the kid, right? Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Just I couldn't believe I was, it. That was unreal. <laughs> we should pull up a couple of the see that roster to see who is who is there. That we'll do that uh, as we uh, as we get as going. we go along through the show. Yeah. So that was you know my first introduction to you, and then shortly after that, you were off to the Western Hockey League Swift Current, I believe. That's right. And then played in the World Juniors, so you really kind of you jumped onto the radar of hockey in Canada. Yeah, pretty much after that. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was when the, I think the idea was that was for the I think it was for the WHL draft, right? For some exposure in in the Manitoba um, minor hockey, and um, it was. I'm pull that up too because it was I think it was Shinneman Will no Shinneman Hughesman me and I should remember that but I don't know uh, any of those top guys, of my sorry. top of my head I don't but um, yeah I mean I just shot I knew I was going to be a part of it for a little while so I just went in the backyard and shot pucks at the corners for uh, months before that yeah there were some good players there uh, Ryan Shannon Danny Sabarin. Donald McLean, Keith McCoyne, those Keith McCoyne, those yep. are guys played in the American League for uh, for a long time. Wade Flaherty was in goal for one of the teams. Uh, it was, uh, anyways, that was it was a real fun event. Growing up in Winnipeg, you know, it's I have a friend who I think you were in her class at one point in time, just when you were a little boy, and she she asked the classroom, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" and uh, you know, this typical answer is fireman, cop, but, but Cody Eakin was NHL hockey player. Like, you, you never wanted to. I'm sure to I wasn't the only the only kid. But, oh, no, uh, yeah. No, no but, uh, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't if it wasn't for hockey, it would probably be a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. your father was a police officer. Yep. And so. your uncle played in the NHL as well. 
Yeah, and then uh, he played a long time over in Germany after that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was always copper, copper hockey. No kidding. And uh, you know, thankful that the the hockey part worked out. So. But um, yeah, what a great event that was. It was a lot of fun. So you. You get drafted by the Washington Capitals, traded to the Dallas Stars, and then you're you're left exposed for expansion. And you know, I know that you're a humble guy, but I also know you're a, pr- a proud guy. Mm-hmm. That hurt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it stung. It stung for a little bit. Just after about a week, I looked at the roster and realized there was a handful of guys I've played with or know from along the way and uh then after that it was it was a lot of excitement but motivation at the same time everyone was motivated something to prove so but it did it, it stung for the first little while but uh look where we are now so um blessing you've i know you really liked dallas and i'm sure you liked you know washington was a good organization played in hershey a little bit and then and then with the with the capitals has this been your best nhl home I mean, it's it. Yeah, I, I would have to say it has. Uh, I like I said, I or you said I I really like Dallas. I spent a lot of time there, met a lot of good people. You know, six years, my first full pro, five or six years as a NHLer in a great city like that, and then um, you know, hockey in the desert. Who would have thought? Uh, you know, what would morphed into this? And uh, like I said, it's it's been um, it's been unbelievable. It's been um, my favorite over the last. You know, feels like home now. 22 goals this year, career high. You're uh, you just turned 27. Are you 28? 28. 28. Is this the best? Uh, I'm not great at math. Is is it? Are you, is Me this, neither. Is <laughs> is this the best you've been? I think this is the most uh, well-rounded I've been. Yeah. Um, Explain that, please. Well-rounded, just just knowing what needs to be done in certain areas of the game um no second guessing no you know i've gone through when i was you know i had 19 goals one year with dallas and it was uh i felt really good i felt i was chipping in it was playing uh lots of minutes and then uh you know kind of got injured and stuff like that so it took a little while to get back but i learned a lot of those things on a lot of things on the way that that have helped me grow in, grow and and become more well-rounded and and become more calm in high pressure situations Uh, i think that's pretty important as a player because uh you know the game can change in an instance as we saw so um you know that's that's where i would see my game right now well you kind of opened the door there so Mm -hmm. i'll I'll walk through uh it's game seven against the san jose sharks and you are uh, your your team's up three nothing and Gerard Gallant has you on the ice in a defensive zone situation as, as he does because he trusts you. You do what you do in that situation all day long. Mm-hmm. There is uh, obviously, uh, you know what, I, I'm going to let you describe, describe what happened. It. Go from yeah, the, okay. the, the, the puck is dropped. Well, it's uh, draws are the game within the game. Um, there's many of those, but uh, a game within a game. And, and when you can start with the puck, it's... Uh, you know, it's easier to have the puck and, and play with it than it is to chase it. Um, so when you lose a draw, you want to make sure you're, you know, you're not winning it or losing it easily and cleanly. And, um, you know, I kind of lost it cleanly. So I was going to make sure that, you know, give him a shove, 
and um, let him know that the next one's not going to be as easy for him to win. So, you know, unfortunately, the way it uh, unfolded, um, what a unfortunate event, I guess. You used the word shove, and I think that's really important because you didn't you didn't cross check him with a blow. You put his stick on you put your stick on his chest and then pushed him. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I would consider it a shove. I mean, a cross checks. Um, what's the word? Maybe more of a intent injure, you know, type, and and you're looking to, you know, to leave a bruise to to hurt someone, kinda. I think that's why you get a penalty for it. Um, yeah, I, I would consider it a shove, and and you know, it was after that, it was just unfortunate. So you, you obviously he stumbles, and and it's a terrible injury, and. I know that you that you know you you always feel bad about that situation, but um, you're sent over to the penalty box, and then like you're kind of unsure at that point in time mm-hmm. what what's happening. Can you kind of take us through that? Well, we know why. Well, knew you know he wins it straight back to Burns, and Burns is one of the best at pulling it off the wall and and shooting it in. Um, you know, for a tip or or shooting it right in for that matter. So. You know, I, I see uh, Staz going straight out, so he's got that guy covered. So I'm going to head over to the middle of the ice, um, you know, and make sure I think it might have been Carlson on that side um, that he's not in a position to score. Um, and then, you know, the whistle goes, and, and I'm getting slashed and hacked and yelled at, and, and I'm wondering what the heck's going on here. And I look over, and, uh, you know, to see what I saw, blood coming out of... Uh, somebody's head and and um you know i said well how the heck did that happen you know i really didn't have an idea because i turned i almost turned my back on the play so um you know a whole bunch of what's going on's and getting grabbed by other guys and um you know playoff hockey uh a scrum so um go to the box not really sure what's going on get let out of the box think okay they they assessed it they didn't see you know, me cross-check anyone or, or, you know, I didn't cross-check him in the head and uh, think I'm getting let out and going back to the bench, but uh, now I'll go back in, into the locker room. So there's not really much you can say in a situation like that. Referees don't um, take back calls, um, if ever. And, um, you know, and after that, it was like, well, can I go watch this? So I went back right back to the... Uh, where the guys were watching the game and the video coach was, and we watched it about five times and, you know, saw it as everyone else saw it. All right, well, that sucks. So that's kind of the, the, the interesting thing for me is and it, it does suck, but it, it's over, right? And you, you know, to me, yeah. that's the kind of yeah. the, one of the real interesting things about the hockey player psyche. You know, I'm sure you had a couple of nights where, you know, it was tough to sleep or whatever, but you kind of flip the page pretty quick, don't you? I think you have to. I think there's a certain, um, in certain situations, you hold on to things um, to help motivate you. Um, Obviously, you know, play to play or game to game. Um, But a a circumstance like that, I mean, you're only going to beat yourself up, you know. Um, So it's one of those things, yeah, it's, it's an interesting psyche that we have. There's times where you hold on to it, and uh, times where you, uh, you know, try and wash it, uh, wash it from the memory bank, I guess. But um, that was one of those times that that I kind of just let it go. Brad Marchand said recently that the, the NHL is, is in limbo, and either they should review nothing or review everything. Where are you? 
Yeah, it's difficult. I, I think over the playoffs, um, you know, we've seen we've seen a lot of calls that need to be reviewed. You know, um, he said you review everything or review nothing. With all the camera angles, with all the replays, everyone sees what really happens. And um, you want a pure game. You want rules to be rules. So, yeah, I guess it's in limbo. Um, situations like that, and my penalty, for instance, you know, I would love to have that one reviewed. I know they're doing it in college, but, um, you know, I guess we can say something as uh, as players and have our suggestions, but uh, I guess it's for the league to decide, so. It's a perfect summer day for Cody Eakin. Perfect summer day. I would um, wake up, have a little smoothie, uh, lots of lots of greens in there. Head over to the gym, get my lift in, jump on the bike, go for maybe an hour-long bike ride, and and um, this relax. Is a road bike. Road bike, yeah. Yep. Road bike, relax, get out in nature a little bit, and and um, you know. Let your uh, let the wind run right through you. See how see how hard you can go. See how much you can get the legs to burn. Head home, have a nice meal. Sit out, enjoy some sun. Maybe jump on the boat and go for a fish. And then uh, take that fish home, make some fish tacos, and I don't know, maybe play some crib and go to bed. There's a whole bunch of uh, uh, hockey players that cottage. Mm -hmm. In the same little part of Canada that you do. Yep. Mike Richards is kind of you know uh, there year round. Mm -hmm. If I if I was driving to that area, and I wanted to uh, catch uh, catch catch my limit of pickerel or or walleye, mm -hmm. wh who's the hockey player? Whose boat should I get in? Anyone that's been there for a while will, will know. Uh, what about yours? I mean, we're gonna catch them. They're gonna be jumping in the boat. <laughs> You like to do it, don't you? Um, I do, yeah. And I've gone with a, a bunch of guys that I've met in the town, and they've showed me, you know, how to do it and where to look. Um, you, you're really out. There's there's difficult fish to catch, and there's um, ones that are pretty steady. You go find a, a hump underneath the water, you drop your line, and, um, you know, odds are you're going to catch one or two. There's a few of them out there that uh, you need a little more practice, a little more help. Um, you can pay attention to weather, you can feeding patterns, all that kind of stuff. So they get difficult. Some of them are a little easier than others, but uh, anyone that's been there and, and spends time on the water has is a generally a pretty good idea of how to do it and um, you know how to gather. One of my roommates from university is born and raised in that little town, Kenora, mm -hmm. okay. and is a cop there now, OPP, I think. And uh, he uh, he guides on his days off, and he took me fishing one day. Craig Heisinger, who's the assistant general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, had taken me fishing a couple of times, and I said, you know, it's my turn to take you. And I phoned my buddy Gord Adams is his name. I phoned Gordy, and I said, I need to catch fish. Like this can't be. Uh... Yeah. So he took us to one spot uh, about seven in the morning. We went to one spot. We were there for about ten minutes. Didn't have a nibble. And he said, uh, well, the fish aren't here. The good news is I know they went. The next place we went to, we had our limit in about 15 minutes, and then he right. took us onto the shore and made us a shore lunch. And that's a, uh, uh, they call that sunshine country. It is a beautiful place. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, there's no surprise that people uh, like myself have, you know, that spend their summers up north, uh, find their way out there. And 
um, you know, relax and, and be outside. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Who I are it. who are Jacks and Bones? Those are my pups. Um, one's from the SPCA in Dallas, and one is from the I want to say it's the SPCA as well in Las Vegas. So they're both rescues. They're both rescues. Yep. One's a black lab mix, and the other one is a boxer. Rhodesian Ridgeback mix. That could be a big dog. Yeah, no, it's, it's, he must have been the rental litter. Yeah. Yeah, he's only 65 pounds. The other one's probably 70. Well, he gets back to the lake, though. He, you know, burns a few extra calories and we'll get him down to about 60, 65 this <laughs> summer. Uh, do they like the water? Uh, one, the one doesn't, the boxer doesn't. And the lab won't go in voluntarily, but if I throw a stick out there, he's, he's in there and, He's bringing it right back, so it's cool. It's cool when you can run them like that. It's so easy on their joints and stuff. I think that, um, you know, if they're, he's got the big thick coat, so it probably helps them float a little bit. The other one is a little more waterlogged and just probably sink. I have a German short haired pointer, and she gets on the dock on the steps, and if I throw a stick out, she waits for the stick to hit the water and then jumps, like leaps like Superman yeah. off the dock. I wish my dog did that. Yeah, it's, I, I can sit there and watch her do that. For, yeah. I can watch her run for hours, and I can watch her jump into the water for or is, hours. Are those dogs bred for hunting? She's a hunter, yeah. yeah. She's, a, she's a working dog. Yeah. 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 I've never, she's never hunted with me. I don't, I don't hunt, so. Yeah, um, but, but it's still uh, in their blood. It's still oh, in their instincts. Every once in a while, I'll be walking her, and she'll see a bird or something, and she'll point, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, th- hundreds and thousands, thousands of years of uh, yeah. of breeding. That's cool. I see. I see that in my dogs too. My, uh, I think the the lab is mixed with a little collie or something. So he's a bit of a herder. Yeah. Um, you know, he he'll not necessarily bite, but he's he's pushed and and herded uh, my nephew when he was crawling around on his knees, and I could see it. He kind of nipped at his butt a little bit one time, and I said, "Well, where'd that come from?" Because he's not a He's not a, um, you know, he's not a bad dog. He yeah, doesn't no bite people, yeah. but he, it was just something instinctually that told him um, to get this, get this guy moving, yeah. you know, and he could barely <laughs> crawl at the time. So luckily he bit his diaper and uh, just nipped at it. But the other one, it's, he's wild too. He sees an animal, he sees a cat and he's jumped out of the car window while it was moving oh to go God. out for this cat. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's a, he's a. He's a runner, so we got to make sure he's on the leash all the time. Whereas the lab, he's right by my side. It's great. So, you know, the last uh, last off season, you, you didn't have a, you didn't really have a minute to, to breathe. This off season, you've had a little bit a little bit of time, and uh, you've already been to Italy and Turks and Caicos for a little. Yep. Uh, what was that like? That was great. That was uh, me and my wife. We called that a um, a delayed honeymoon. We got married last summer. Hannah is your wife. Hannah's my wife, yeah. Lovely woman. Yeah, she is a heck of a gal. And um, so we we got married and we drove, right after the wedding, we drove straight down to Vegas. So we didn't really have much time to go on a honeymoon. So um, we went to Florence and then biked through uh, the Tuscany region, uh, road bikes. After that, made our way down to the Amalfi Coast in Positano. Uh, spent a few nights there and had some dinner and did the hike of the gods. Um, that one was a burner because we went up backwards. So we went up, we walked up about a thousand stairs and then did the hike backwards. Usually you take the bus to one end and hike down and then end up walking down the stairs. So I couldn't walk for about three, four days after that. I was so okay. tight. Really? It was kind of cold 
the weather there, so we made our way over to Lisbon. A couple days, did a, a little food tour. And then uh, we went actually surprised after that. We surprised uh, McNabb and his gal, uh, Milani, down in uh, Turks and Caicos for three days. Got some nice sun, sat on the beach, did some fishing, and um, that was a nice way to cap it off. I know someone who's going there next week. Where should they go? We stayed at a place called the Beach House. But not, it, but not the beach house. You stayed at the, re, the there is the beach house, which goes for fifty thousand a night. You didn't stay there, did you? No, sir. No, <laughs> not that one. Now this is a nice resort we stayed at, uh, all inclusive. And uh, but I I just don't see how you could go wrong. We actually stayed in Airbnb the first night because the hotel was reserved, so we stayed in a little cabin, and it was great too. And and everyone is just so darn friendly there, and they're on island time, and everything's a little slower, a little more. Um, fun, I think. Slow things down. There's really no rush on that island, I don't think. So um, you'd go blast. back. I would go back. Yeah, yeah. I like. Uh, I don't know what's the the ocean there, the tropics, the islands, Caribbean. the yeah. Caribbean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I find it uh, real relaxing down there. So um, the water's fantastic, and we had some rain actually, but the rain's like 75 degrees. Like it's not cold. You can yeah. stand out in the rain. And, you're not uh you're not too it's not too bad so that was a fun trip we had a blast and we're making our way home on saturday if i went out to your pickup truck and turned it on and the, the what what would be what song would be playing right now what song would be on i'd, I'd have a uh, sirius xm on and it would be on the spectrum right now yesterday while i was driving around doing a couple errands packing up my house there was a uh it was a couple hours. It was a Mumford and Sons uh, live show, and it was uh, it was unbelievable. So I I've left it on there for a few days. Um, it was really good. Yeah. I would I would have thought you were going to tell me Kenny Chesney or, uh, but the Mumford and Sons. How'd you get into them? Um, you know I saw them in Dallas one time. In and, Dallas. And, and really? it was at an amphitheater, um, right downtown. Yeah. It was all outside. The weather was beautiful. We went there and um, watched them, and it was, I mean, I don't know how many people are in the band. I would say you know, close to 10. Yeah. And they were just having fun. They were all playing instruments. They were real musicians, and, and they were interacting with the crowd so well that it was one of those things that, you know, I don't listen to them every single day, but I'll be fans of them for the rest of my life. Usually I give bands that I like a, a, a trial live and if they're as good as they are on the radio as they are live or or better then i'll you know be a lifelong fan of them have you seen springsteen i haven't no well you're uh he would uh he you would know. win that contest would he? Yeah. yeah okay yeah. that's uh i grew up listening to him and then when i was 16 he toured for the first time in a while it was the born in the usa tour and oh yeah i went to the show uh I went actually. I went with one of my best friends from childhood, Kerry Huffman. He played in the National League for about ten years. Okay. And we where went, was that one? It was in Toronto at the mm. CNE, and we went to the show. And I've been uh, been hooked ever since. Yeah. Seen him a few times. Well, that's the best. Yeah, we were actually get, part of our trip. We kind of just um, went with the flow, but we we're gonna Mumford and Sons was doing a show in Stockholm, and uh, where was it? Somewhere in Norway, probably Oslo, and a few other Scandinavian towns and we were thinking that we might try and catch them but uh, we ended up not because I knew it was going to be a little colder up there than uh, even in Italy you know if some guys say 
they'd like to play in Europe for a year mm-hmm. at some point, maybe near the end. And uh, Bob Gainey, I can remember, he he went to Paris, yeah. and uh, and he actually like he was the played on the team, was the coach, was the GM, drove the Zamboni, kind of had to do it all. It was a smaller yeah, uh, yeah, outfit. That's great. Would you like to go somewhere else? If I could Sorry. drive the Zamboni, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it all depends where you're at in your career, um, how old you are, how 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 your body's holding up, uh, if you have kids in school, yeah. you know, so it all depends. Uh, I would never say, I would never say never. Uh, I think there's a, definitely a lot of amazing places uh, in Europe that are, you know, we haven't obviously seen or, or um, had a chance to visit. So that would be cool in that sense, yeah, but I think it depends on a lot of variables. What's Gerard Gallant like for you as a coach? I know you've had different coaches, and it's hard to talk about your coach. I don't expect you to say, you know, anything negative or anything like that. But yeah. w- w- how does he work for you? He's a guy that you want to work hard for. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because he's a good guy, and um, you know when he played the game that he was uh, he played it the right way. He played it hard, and uh, he did what needed to be done. Um, from what I've heard, I never got a chance to watch him, but uh, that's kind of the way, um, you know you want to do it for for a guy like that you want to kind of impress him you want to every night you want to you know work hard for him so that's kind of the way he is well you know we're privileged to be in the dressing room sometimes when no one else is and one of my favorite things last season of the season the first season of the golden knights was to watch you and james neal interact you like to uh you like to get under his skin, and he liked to big time you. And it was, uh, you yeah. guys had a fun relationship. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I heard from a lot of guys that he's uh, he was a lot of fun to be around and a uh, great team guy and stuff like that. And it took didn't take long uh, before I saw that firsthand. So we had a lot of fun uh, when he was here, and and we'll be uh, continue to be friends for a long time. Mark Andre Fleury. I just say I'll just ask you, just say his name. What's what comes to mind? <laughs> he's just the. The ultimate leader, yeah. You know, um, same thing. You just wanna when you're when your leader, one of your leaders on the team is a guy that's is talented, works as hard, never gives up on a play. As a guy like that, then it's easy to it's easy to follow the leader. You know, I just thought of this. There's three Winnipeggers uh, on the team right now: yourself, Mark Stone, and and Ryan Reeves. Could you guys be aligned? Would you be any good? I think you put Stoner with uh, with with anyone, then you're gonna he's gonna make your game a little better for sure. I think it would be a lot of fun, but uh, I always say you can't have enough Winnipeggers. So <laughs> hopefully we, Crim uh, uh, can get a and George can get a few more in here. Well, there's a the Cody Glass is uh, that's right gonna be yeah. banging on the door pretty soon, I would yeah. imagine. And uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, he uh, I just saw him play uh, recently in the American Hockey League playoffs. There's lots of of his. Have you skated with him in the summer? Um, no, no, no. He's a few years younger, and then uh, once he was probably skating with the pro guys or getting up there, then I was kind of out at the lake, and that's where we start skating out there. So, who runs that? Uh, Glenn Carnegie. Yeah, yeah. He's our uh, the skills guy. He's, he works works in um, Vancouver now, doesn't he? For he the works Canucks? in Vancouver. Yeah. So he uh, he's out there and and will help us out, um, put some drills together for us. Uh, there's about five or six. Um, pro guys that uh, skate there. Do you try and check Jonathan Taves or do you try and be on his team? Well, he's another guy that 
when he's when he's he's the leader he's you know and if you can um do what he's doing and try and beat him or try and outdo him or try and run faster than him um for one he's not going to let you and two um it's just more motivation for us to be better so um you know he's uh, he sets the bar pretty good for us and it's uh and you know we have a lot of fun doing that pretty amazing athlete yeah i'll say i mean i can't do what he does and i uh you know, I'll try and check him. Back to the question. I'll try and yeah. check him, yeah, and and uh, see how, see if I can get him off his balance. But uh, rarely do uh, does that happen. You, one of the things, you know, you're being humble. But one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm sure you've had people saying no to you. You were smaller when you were younger, and, uh, um, you know, you, you you then you were left exposed. And you've had you've had obstacles in your career, and you you haven't let anyone get in your way. No, I think, um, yeah, I was always small. I was always smaller than the other guys. Uh, even before the Bantam draft, I was always small. I was always trying to put on a little weight, and uh, so I didn't get, uh, you know, ran over too many times. But uh, then I think it was under 17s or under 18s. I had a concussion in junior, um, and I wasn't able to go, and that one really hurt. You know, you're young, you want to go play for Team Canada, and uh, that one hurt. I remember crying uh you know, because I wasn't able to go. So, um, yeah, all along the way. But that's that's just what, you know, that's life, right? So you you either let it stop you or you find another way around the problem. What's that experience like putting on a Team Canada jersey? It's awesome. Yeah. You know, every uh, – I've had one, two, three or four times now. And um, it's just proud. You want to you wanna win. And uh, I got a chance to win at the World Championships one year and uh, came close at the World Juniors. Um, but it's it's an honor. It's, you know, it's every Canadian kid's dream growing up. Every American kid that's in hockey, I would imagine, and every Russian kid and Swedish kid. And I think I think it's a universal thing. It's yeah. a hockey thing. And when you can put on that jersey to represent your country, there's there's only, you know, you're upset if you're not – Wearing that gold at the end of the tournament. You so know, I watched the Finns w- win the World Championship recently, and uh, um, Canadian they beat they beat Canada, but there's well, part of me was real happy for the Finns because that they 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 really that opportunity to to put on that jersey for mm-hmm. them is you know it's as strong as any as any other. Uh, patriotic hockey moment the Finns really love to to represent their country yeah I don't know I uh, I didn't get a chance to watch them but I heard they just played just a a game that you don't want to play against them they played a game that it was so whether it was boring or whether every you know every puck was you know a battle or whatever it was just it's hard to play when when the, when the team yeah is that uh you know tight and, and and playing the same systems and and being on the same page so you know, kudos for them. I would have loved uh, to see uh, Canada win it, but um, that's good for the Finns, I guess. There's no. Uh, it's kind of an obvious question, but uh, what's next for Cody Eakin? Like, what do you what do you still need to achieve? Well, there's always room to improve in every in every aspect, but um, you know, I want to win a cup. Well, that's what we play for. So it's. Uh, I'm happy. I'm lucky to be a part of this and. Uh, this organization and living in this city and and we keep doing the right things um we're gonna give ourselves a chance at some point 
Excellent. Thanks very much for your time, Cody. I appreciate you sharing. And uh, uh, I know some of the questions weren't uh, weren't fun, but uh, you were a great sport. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having me. That was fun. Yeah, anytime, guys. All right. This is the Sheriff Alalis and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, the interview series. Thank you for listening.